Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I've been signing on the city lights. All this doubt around me, then but look, I got it right. Don't you try to hear me, now you live a petty life. All those nights I laid awake, I pray for better life. Welcome into Believe in Texas a and I'm Mandy Knight, joined by former Texas A&M quarterback Reggie McNeil. Now, Reggie, okay. the Aggies are coming off a ridiculous a statement win. I mean, they held a Prairie View A&M to <laughs> seven total passing yards. I had to look at that stat a couple of times because I didn't know if that was an error because who, right. <laughs> I mean, that's a statement on defense. Right. Look, so I didn't get to watch the, watch the game because of the SEC network. Right. So I'm sitting there checking the game throughout the day and I'm looking at the pass. Yo, I'm, I'm just like you. I'm sitting there watching. I'm sitting one for three for two yards, one for three for two yards. It's third quarter of the game. And so, yeah, I, I, it was it was definitely a statement for the defense and for we, what we need to accomplish going forward. I mean, they, they came out and played lights out and, and dominated like, as we should. Definitely a, a great bounce back game from the previous week. And now they're about to play LSU in Death Valley at Edo's final game with LSU. Oh. I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot of excitement and so many different storylines on this game. Oh, it's gonna be a huge one. Listen, this 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 will be a fun game to sit back and watch. Thanks to get matter of fact, man, happy Thanksgiving to everybody, you yourself. Thank you, and, Reggie. But yeah, this is gonna be a big time game. And like you say, Coach Coach Ed, his his last game there, so you know they're gonna come out giving him all he got. So, I mean, we we had to come out crossing all our T's and dotting all our I's and come out and just play and, and just match that energy. If we don't, it could get ugly for us. Yeah, things just seem to be rolling in the direction for Texas A&M. I mean, they're so dynamic on offense. They're that double-headed monster, as we've been talking about with Isaiah Spiller, you know Devon you know A-Chain. I mean, individually, Spiller, he has the third most rushing yards in the SEC with 984 for six touchdowns. And then A-Chain has 861 yards for nine touchdowns. I mean, it's those two guys combined, when they are both clicking, it, it they are almost impossible to stop. Oh, it is. So, you know, they and, and that's why Jimbo put such a big emphasis on his on his front line. Make sure we have some of the best of the best to go out and, and create those hogs. I mean, that's where it starts. You you have to have them big boys up front that love to eat and, and love to eat often. And so when you have an offensive line like that that loves to do their job. And then, you know, most of them, they look at the passing game as, uh, we just got to pass, protect, and keep on moving. But they when they start talking about run games on big boys, they start smiling. They, they really enjoy the run game part. Cause they want they want to display their dominance, and so when it, when you get some kids like that, and then you have two backs that's explosive as they are, and they both are unique in their own way. It, it can only be special. I mean, and I hate to see Spiller go his last couple of games. I hope he go out and play lights out and a change just keep on rolling. And LSU, I mean, they have played very well on defense this year. Their linebacker, Damone Clark, he's the number one in all of SEC with 126 total tackles. And then defensive end, B.J. Ojolari has six sacks on the season. That's fifth best in the SEC. So what do you kind of see unfolding between this LSU defense that they can they can run with the big dogs, but they're also going to be challenged with Calzada and then obviously Spiller and A-Chain and all their weapons. Well, you know, any anytime you have these SEC games, especially a rivalry like this one, there is it, is always a big test. And LSU gonna always produce some some of the best talent, these kids, just because they have an is off year to them and they expect more. So you and, and these kids that's playing 
playing with them is that, and you know, that Ellis, you've always kept a defense that's that flies around no matter who they have in the game. They've dealt with a bunch of injuries. And I mean, they keep playing LSU type football. So, I mean, we have to come out and just make sure we take care of our business. Offensive line, handle the offensive line, our defensive line, handle up front, go to go control the game up front, and then we'll, we'll roll from there. It'll be interesting to see all the emotion and the, and the atmosphere in Death Valley, going back mm-hmm. to Ed O, I mean, you know, he enters this matchup with AM with a total record as 50 and 20. However, in the last <laughs> two years under Ed O, their records, it's 10 and 11. So that's right. that's kind of a crazy type deal. And you never want to see a coach have to hang out with their program because it means things aren't working out and everything. But I do like that the Tigers, they did give him, I mean, they said, hey, we're not bringing you back next year versus some other programs this season that, that say, all right, you're, you're out of there. And the coach is gone, doesn't even get a chance to try and redeem himself. But it will be an emotional game without a doubt, because even though Ed O has not produced in the last two seasons, he was at the helm for their national championship. He was, and he and he had one of the most prolific offenses that you you will ever see come through college football. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, it's a lot that goes with it, but I mean that that season you is going to always be in the books. It's never going anywhere. So Coach Oak, his his name is written in stone. So I mean, what however they want to look at these last couple of years, yeah, they struggle. I mean, because I mean, you think about it, LSU have never been known for a big time quarterback. They have quarterbacks, but I mean, you know, they they've always been a, a more of a run oriented offense and so they had one year where they had one of the best quarterbacks they had one of the best offensive coordinators the guy that come from the saints i mean so is it, it it played out very very well for him that season and replacing a quarterback like barrel is hard especially then you coming from lsu that's never like i say they i mean you go look at the list yeah they've had kids get drafted but they've never just really panned out how you think they should have in barrel barrel will and he has been and so it's, it's, it's hard to replace those type of kids jamar Chase. you got two first round receivers you got first round defense i mean it was, that was that was a very talented team that he had and so to to, to hang your hat on two see i mean like i say it's lsu they they i know what they expect they want to win right now and he i mean it just wasn't it's not to where they thought it should be so hats off to him i hope they go out and play a good game but i mean you know we agas and i hope they take this air with with respect. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, staying with that thought, I think that the Aggies have an, a definite advantage. And it's interesting because you look at the all-time matchup between Texas A&M and LSU. Since they've both been in the SEC, A&M has two wins all-time against LSU, and both of them are under Jimbo Fisher. And there's a lot riding on this game for A&M, too. I mean, you know, they're trying to go for their second straight nine-win season. And right. I can't wait for this matchup. Both teams have a lot going for him. Yeah, it should be a very fun game to watch. Plenty of plays on the field that's going to be made. Kids going to be playing. They're going to be running around. The hats up. I mean, it's, just, it's going to be one of those type of games. It's going to be physical, and it's going to be a good one to sit back and watch. Going back to Texas A&M, their defense, I mean, they really have put up so many incredible numbers. They have 33 sacks on the season, which yeah. is the fourth best in the SEC. And then, of course, Aaron Hansford, he's just been dominating. Uh, he's in the top 10 for total tackles. We have DB Antonio Johnson and Tyree Johnson. I mean, unbelievable yeah. talent. Unbelievable yeah. talent. I truly, I love watching Texas A&M football because it's exciting because at A&M, there have been so many former players from all different schools Oops of positions that have really excelled. I mean, shoot, look at Miles Garrett. I mean, that man yeah. is a 
beast. And if he keeps playing the way he is, I think he could be a pro football hall of famer. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, we, we have a couple of them. You can go down the list right off the top. You're thinking you got Mike Vaughn. They are, it's a, we have some kids out there that's, that's out there making a lot of noise. And so, I mean, it's, it's fun to sit back and watch and be a part of the tradition that they have, that we have over at, at AM. And I'm actually, I'm very happy that they're playing this game at this point in the season because LSU is playing their, I think that they're playing their best ball right now. Right. Granted, they're coming off of a win against UL Monroe, and obviously that's not that's not a tough opponent. But before that, they played Arkansas, who was ranked number 25, and they lost in overtime 16 to 13. And Arkansas is a very good program, and they right. held Arkansas's quarterback to 142 passing yards and one touchdown. And then if you look at the game before that, even against Alabama, they were able to play competitive oh, yeah. with them. They should have won that game. For- <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and one thing about LSU, I mean, we, we've talked about this, depending what field position you're in going forward on fourth down and LSU is a team that isn't afraid. I mean, in that game against Alabama, they were five of seven on fourth down attempts. And so I think that they're kind of starting to find themselves and it will be a very great matchup without a doubt. And you know, Coach Ed, he, he going to come out shooting. He don't, he don't, it's, it's his last, he got two, two more games left. He going to come out guns blazing. So I, whatever, would nothing surprise me if he come out with trick plays and fake punts and fake field goals and everything else this game. I mean, he have nothing to lose. And like I say, he got two games left with, with LSU. He know this, the team know this. They're going to all come out and give him all. They're going to give him 110% each play. And we have to, like I say, we got to come out and match every every intensity, every piece of intensity, every piece of energy that they have. Looking at being a former Texas A&M quarterback yourself, watching how Calzada plays in this matchup against a very top-notch defensive team in Death Valley, that'll say a lot about his future from where he first started to see how much he's grown. For sure. And you you see the growth on a weekly basis, even with him being all beat up. I mean, you, you see how you see how his whole left side, he got it strapped up. But each week you see the progression. You see him keep getting better. The offensive line bit was young all all season. So now they keep they keep progressing and getting better. And the ceiling is very high for Calzada, for the offensive line, for the offense in general. And to see them this week is going to be a big test because, you know, it's, like I say, LSU, they defense going, they always fly around. They're going to they gonna always try to disrupt and and they're going to play hard. You got to expect that. So offensively, we have to make good decisions. See, see a read, get it out, get the ball in and out your hand. Can't hold on to it because they they coming to make a play. And their defensive line, they they trying to get their ball out. And LSU, if you look at their wins this season, they have one win against a ranked team. And it was against number 20, Florida. They won. It was 49 to 42. And mm-hmm. so you have to look at always when you look at different the teams, the track records of, of who they're playing and everything. But the last time that Texas A&M has beaten LSU in Baton Rouge, it was in 1994 when A&M was in the Southwest Conference. So, I mean, ooh, it was many, many moons ago. <laughs> hey, I don't think none of these kids is playing they were born. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> they might have been about two, three years old, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough place to go play, man. It's going to be 110 screaming. It's going to be loud. It's a tough, I mean, offensively, it's going to be a tough place to go in and, and communicate and be able to get the job done. But you have to find a way to do it. Every Everybody have to go through it. And so we have to lock in. Everybody is a, is a team, it's a big, it's a big team effort and we all have to lock in and get it done.
Absolutely. And LSU's running back. We talked about the Aggies run, run game and they're running back Tyrion Davis price. That kid yeah. is an animal. I mean, yes. sixth best in the sec with 919 rushing yards and six touchdowns on the season. I mean, I think he could absolutely excel at the next level. And I, I think for AM to have success, against LSU. One of the things is they have to force them to be one dimensional stopping LSU's run game. And once they're forced to throw the ball, that's, that's when we might see that difference maker. And I think that that will be definitely the important key for uh, the Aggies to get the dub. I, I totally agree with you. And same thing goes back to that front, that front four control the line scrimmage. If we, we same thing on defense, we go out there and play ball and control that front linebackers come in and cover your gaps to keep that, keep the run game to a halt and make them have to go to the air more than they have to. Yeah, it, it, you'll start seeing the superior of that of the and of our team get get the best of them because I, I don't think they can they'll be able to throw the ball and beat us. Our defense are too fast. We're too good, and I mean they just I mean they don't have all their guys for one all their receivers, and they don't have the manpower to beat us as far as throwing the ball. And if we control that line, we control up front, and we're gonna we'll we'll be okay. I like the way you're thinking. I'm I'm excited uh, to see yes, this today. and. Uh, yeah. So do you think that A&M, though, they will be able to come in and execute that game plan yeah, Jim officials talked about? I do. Yeah, like I said, we are, we come in locked in, understand what you're playing for, understand your reasoning, understand your job, and yeah, we'll be all right. Offense and defense, because I, I know just from being inside and understanding how the big boys think and how they love to dominate and want to be that, that those type of guys, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find a way to get it done. It's going to be a long four quarters, but it, it, we'll get it done. It will be, and it will, it will certainly be an entertaining one, and we will see yeah. a lot of uh, speed on, on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. And so, yeah, I'm I'm excited about this one. It's uh, since hey. 1994. I mean, that's a lot of uh, history, I guess, kind of long, riding on long this. Time. <laughs> long time. <laughs> I had to do the numbers in my head. Wait a minute, <laughs> With the way AM has been playing on defense, I think that they'll be able to get a sack or two. And, and why not a big time interception play or, you know, pick six, something that's going to swing us, uh, swing the momentum. Um, yes, I totally agree. I, we, 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 we're somebody, we'll get pressure on the quarterback, strip fumble, sack fumble, tip balls. And I mean, like I said, we, we have so many elite players on our defense that. Is is bound to happen, and then we, I mean, they, and we got safeties, corners that that's always around the ball. They always near the ball, so I mean, they, we have ball hawks back there, and then we got a, a defensive line that that loves to get to the quarterback, and so we got the linebackers can run. So you, I mean, you look at it, all three levels on defense, we have it, and we, I mean, we got something of all causes back there. Very true. And one last thought with LSU on, on offense, they've had two different quarterbacks play this season with Garrett Nussmeyer and then Max Johnson. And I think that Ed O wouldn't be afraid of maybe switching things up if they aren't clicking on offense or anything that, you know, he might give another guy a shot and question for you when you went going back to your quarterback days, when you were in a situation where you thought you might be facing this quarterback, but then again, you know, the other quarterback, could see time too. You know, I, I was on the other side as being an offensive guy, but from talking to coaches, it's it's tough. I mean, you 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 go in it when you have two quarterback system, especially if they two different two different types of quarterbacks. I mean, you just have to prepare for both. I mean, you if they swap in and out, you got to understand that they've been doing it throughout the season, so it's a possibility that it may happen. So you during the week throughout the week, you would throw in a little shiftier quarterback, somebody back there that can run around and make plays with his feet and then 
two two drives later or the next 10 plays in your in your practice script, you switch up quarterback to have more of a pocket guy back there. And so that's that's how I'm guessing we we would have to approach it and just to be prepared for both situations. Without a doubt. And looking forward to seeing how this game unfolds. And it's been fun, as always, talking AM football with you, Reggie. And I'm looking forward to even next week, you know, as we are going to rehash this game, the recap. Right and on. I'm thinking that we're going to be talking about AM getting that first dub in Death Valley in since Death 1994. Valley, yeah. <laughs> I sure hope that's what we're talking about on Tuesday deep. (laughs) (laughs) Without a doubt. Well, hey, you have a great weekend, and I will be, I'm sure I'll be texting with you during the game. We'll be chatting it up. You know it. Shit, gig them. Man, good luck this week, fellas. And let's go get it. Absolutely. Gig them. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.